In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. 
James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. USI never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports talk radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24/7. The world's best radio station. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Uh, D, I, I want to come at you first and foremost. It's always nice when you have uh, the right people call in early uh, so you can talk to them. And I want to just get your opinion on, you know, a lot of things happen. Um and we don't know always why they happen at a certain time. But it does seem like Korea is deciding that it wants to have a different role in the world than the one that it has had. And that they're doing some things that make you feel like we may be out of uh, this staring match. But at the same time, Donald Trump makes it difficult for you to give him credit for what has happened, even though it's happening under his regime. So why is it that we have such a hard time giving him credit for something that seems extremely major, even though we're involved in this chaotic administration? 
know, we have to be honest that getting out of this Korea mess is a big deal. Are you there, D? Yes, James. I'm sorry. I wasn't sure that you were speaking to me. And uh, good evening, good evening again. And yes, sir. Um, well, you know, uh, uh, to the nature of the question, um, yes, he does make it difficult to give him credit for part that he may have played in uh, orchestrating or help things to turn about the way they have. Uh, we all know that North Korea has has had do have history has history of reneging on any promises that they've made. Um, I would say that uh, Kim Jong Un is not his daddy. He's he's not his father, and he's not his grandfather. Uh, he's pretty much um, a dictator that that's been uh, where the um, the leadership has been handed down to him. Uh, he's pretty much a dictator in boys' clothing. Uh, so, having so, really don't know what to expect from all of this. Um, maybe he has been um, persuaded by his generals to come to calm down. Uh, but again, to your questioning. Um, it's kind of hard to give Donald Trump credit. Uh, he himself is a man in boys' clothing. Um, it's kind of hard to predict what his posture would be once they do meet. Uh, I have, I have, a, um, I have predicted that he's going to embarrass him and embarrass her. Uh, that's that's his true nature. Uh, he has shown that he can't stay out his own way long enough to be productive in any kind of way. So yes, uh, it's a lot is to be uh, is to be seen, and uh, so it'll be interesting to just to kind of be on the sideline with your with your popcorn and kind of watch it all unfold. Thank you, James. <laughs> and and the way you say that is so true. You know, you can't take his administrative uh, administration seriously. And so many of his, the people he is involved with are in so much trouble that even with this North Korea thing going the way it's going, it makes it hard, Nate, uh, to to give him credit for being a major player. Uh, we we have to understand and appreciate that South Korea, China, and everybody around North Korea uh, is sign some relief because they didn't want any major war uh, on that peninsula. And so, um, you know, it it is a great thing to see him maybe coming to the table and really being willing uh, to get rid of his weapons uh, for economic uh, uh, benefit. Uh, so, and the fact that we don't have to have any soldiers killed in the effort to to take over that, take over North Korea, Nate. Well, I know I got I got I know a lot of friends who, who uh, who's in Korea now, and I don't have a lot of uh, uh, former friends that has been over there and everything like that. Um, 
if 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 Mr. Young Kung Kim, whatever his name is, is sincere, that's one thing. But understand this: um, he was raised and influenced by his dad, even though he was Americanized, um, Americanized in some ways, like he liked Jordans and things like that. And but also understand that this man had both his brothers killed, so he could be so he could be in charge of that country. He wasn't he wasn't the rightful ruler. You know, it was two other brothers ahead of him, so he but had both of them killed. So I think one of the reasons why people have such a hard time giving on the president a lot of credit, but too long ago he was calling the man Rocket Man, you know, saying stuff about going to war with him. And here, a couple of months later, you're talking about having a peace treaty with him and everything like that. So it's 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 not people just don't want to give him credit. I, I'm not for sure people want to trust the process. Yeah, granted, don't sign the paper saying the war is officially over and everything like that. And but me, 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 being being the soldier that I am, uh, actions speak louder than words. And I want to see what because they don't have these trade embargoes on North Korea for so long and everything like that. Is that maybe he finally come to the uh, conclusion that hey, my, I need to give my people um, better to remember they don't have internet over there. Only a certain amount of people have internet. Over there, and they have to have permission, and they have no kind of Western philosophy or propaganda to enter their country. So there's a lot that they don't know about us. And so, if the president is really sincere about, you know, getting getting him to get rid of his nukes and everything like that, then we will. He shall see. Because my question is, how you gonna how you gonna monitor that? How you gonna monitor his nuclear uh, nuclear pro, uh, program? The UN gonna do what they did with Saddam Hussein? Uh, in the beginning, um, before the war, send UN personnel in there to make sure he's monitoring. Uh, he he's complying with uh, with the agreement to be seen how he's going to comply with this. But to get back to the question I had, why why people is not trusting him is that so far he don't follow up everything else. And I'm about like D. I don't got I don't got my popcorn. I don't got my butter because he's putting himself in a position to also really be made a fool out of. And he won't credit for everything. If he start wanting credit for stuff, maybe people give him more credit for stuff. Thank you. Yeah, it is difficult. It is difficult, George, to take this man seriously when all around him is going crazy. And you know, uh, any minute we might hear that somebody has slipped on him, and so it's hardest to to give him credit. Uh, for some serious initiatives when everything around him is going through la-la land. You know, I mean, how can this man's personal lawyer be willing to take the fall for him? Uh, and they're going to be putting a lot of pressure on him uh, to, to say everything he knows. Uh, so I don't know how he can uh, he can, uh, he can uh, uh, think that that man won't flip on him. But, again, I am just so happy uh, with the direction of North Korea, uh, that is, is you know, because I just didn't want any of our boys have to die in that kind of foolishness. Well, that's true, uh, and war is never justifiable. But uh, I think we shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves, and that's what uh, everyone is predicting too. And most of the time, when people meet, such as the two of these two guys. They have an agenda. I'm not for sure what Kim Gun Yu agenda is, but I think Trump's agenda is is to come out as heroic 
so people can forget about held accountable for with Russia and also with uh, Stormy. So his agenda is not for the best and for everyone, for the people. So um, it's going to be scary to look forward to what is going on. I I, I give him accolades on certain accords, but what I hate that he does is to compare himself with others that have come before him. Whether he likes it or not, that the ones who have come before him have laid the groundwork for what he's doing today. Believe me, if they wouldn't have done some of the things that they have done as far as uh, withholding and uh, putting certain stipulations, Trump wouldn't be as victorious as he's thinking he is to this day. He feels as though that he did everything, but really he hadn't done anything. Because, believe me, the ones that he's trying to uh, demeanor and downplay are the main one who has positioned him to try to do what the other presidents have not done. And if he does succeed in that, so what? Why would you ego chip so badly and so much as far as putting your other uh, predecessors down? This guy is is so ridiculous. I cannot understand why he want to downgrade everyone else except himself. And and that's not even good in the eyesight of God. Well, it is obvious that he doesn't have the ability to recognize uh, that everyone before him played a part in getting to this point. Had not sanctions been placed on um, North Korea early on, then he wouldn't have, uh, they wouldn't get to the point where their people are so uh, in need of food, in need of other things. And so in order for them to become a part of the world order, they have to make some concessions. And he just happens to be the one that is there right now to benefit from how long those sanctions have been put on North Korea. Uh, That is very true. Um, You know, um, I heard his uh, new appointed uh, Secretary of State speak today for the first time. Um, I know that he has uh, uh, some history as being a um, short-tempered and somewhat um, eager to uh, wage conflict uh, on other nations to get his point across. But in in hearing him speak, he seems knowledgeable of of the situation at hand. Uh, He's very articulate way more so than than Donald Trump is. All right. Now, but let me get back to Donald Trump first, y'all. All All right. Um, In dealing with him and talking about him, I think it's best to take baby steps so we can actually uh, get a a true perspective of what it is that we're dealing with when it comes to him. I, I think that we have to put in account that his behavior is predictable. His behavior is predictable, just as it was when he was candidate Trump, okay? He did not disappoint us because he let us know who he was in the first place. That has to be taken into consideration. Secondly, even when he won the election and became president of the United States, 
he did not know how to handle that win. Uh, he had been called the sole the sowest loser. I'm not sorry, the, the, the sole winner. Whereas he he's like a, a, hap, a hyperactive kid, and not to make fun of that uh, of that um, situation that most people some people have, but the point is that he don't know how to sit down nowhere and be content with what, the way things are. Uh, he and you can tell by his tweet storm. Uh, how he goes on rampage and on raging and all of that. So my point is, I don't think that he's going to be able to be able to let this lie in the wind caught. Especially when you still got Robert Mueller going up his backside with the microscope. You got Stormy Daniels and the Playboy Bunny uh, still on the on the horizon. My prediction about him is that he's still going to find a way to burn the house down some kind of way before they come and get it. Now, uh, if my prediction is correct, um, just as things seem to be looking better in in the, the Korean Peninsula, uh, his plight and his, uh, his um, problems at home is going to dictate his actions. And so, and, and you know that how they do now, uh, they try to Wag the dog, where they'll try to do things in other in in other areas where you won't be paying so much attention to him. And in that, I think he's gonna start a conflict with Kim Jong Un. And Kim gonna say, "What the hell going on? I thought we was I thought we had a good relationship going here." And so I uh, hope I'm wrong, but he is so predictable, so predictable that I got money on his unpredictability. Thank you. Yeah, it is amazing that his demise uh, on the front where uh, his friends were so eager to do almost anything to get him to win that now all of that stuff is coming to haunt him. He won't ever, history does tell its story. History will have to share, uh, Joyce, about all the uh, chaos that went on around him. So it won't ever be able to say, well, you know, they did a good thing because he is uh, certainly displayed that his personal life is, is is in chaos. Correct. His his whole his whole platform, his whole presidency is going to be questionable going forward from here on out, even in history. So it's nothing for him to be proud of, and there's no way of him to correct that and uh, make it any other way. Until he come forward and 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 realize and um, state that he played a part of uh, forcing to, to become president in an unjust way by running Hillary, which he's still trying to do to this day, by demeaning Obama, which he's still trying to do to this day, and belittling any other president that has come behind him to this day, he he is not right. Uh, he will be uh, shown in in history on a very very ugly side of history. Uh, I, there's no way that I can see of him correcting uh, this going forward because uh, as day goes by, things get worse. You're gonna find a lot of other females coming out the woodwork other than Stormy because it was 18 other women 
and with this Me Too and what has happened recently with Bill Cosby, uh, you better believe a lot of people are going to start stepping up. Look what happened to Tom Brokaw. Who would have ever thought that, uh, you know, I mean, and that's what's going on, I feel, personally, with, with Congress and with the Senate. Uh, what is going on is they have, he have dirt on them, too, and they so afraid that, you know, they their hands are dirty. It's the reason why they can't step up and do the right thing. We're living in sad times right now, so I, I don't know where we're going to go going forward. Yeah, it is obvious that we find ourselves in an unusual situation. Um, Regina, uh, what are your thoughts about how it's difficult to give um, President Trump credit for anything when so much craziness is going on around us? We seem where we might be on the verge of getting out of uh, the North Korea mess, but he got so many other messes going on that it's hard to take him seriously. What what are your thoughts about that? Well, I I good evening, good evening. I've been thinking the same thing. You know, this might be a positive feather in his hat, but because he's acted, he's he's acted like a um a buzzard. This one good feather outweighs won't be seen for the black buzzardry fellas. So, and then this deal isn't made yet, and we don't know what kind of backdoor behind-the-scene things have occurred. So it may not even be as positive as we are thinking it's going to be. Yeah, you're right. We... We don't know how much is being given up, but I really appreciate whatever is being given up because I just think that there are too many lives that stand in the in the mix if we don't get this done. North Korea has uh, the ability to really devastate the world by, by adding uh, a war to the mix with them. They have a lot of military men and a lot of uh, own unknown weaponry that we need to be concerned about. So we really need to strike some kind of deal with them uh, to demilitarize uh, that region. Um, and it's important that we we just take what we can uh, at this point. Uh, I see we have a new number on online. Let me see. Um, zero zero five eight. Give us your name and where you're calling from. Zero zero five eight. Audrey Jones, Orange, California. All right, Audrey. What What are your thoughts about? Oh, you know, uh, I have not. You know, I have not. I'm sorry, okay. I, just, I just piped in, so I'd prefer to listen right now, and then I'll chime in later. Okay. Um, Thank you. But uh, Nick, one of the things that's the most valuable to me is human life, and human life on both sides. And one of the things that uh, is re- I find kind of reprehensible 
about our government is they're quick to tell you how many American soldiers have died in a situation, but they're kind of slow about telling you how many people they've killed. And you're right. I mean, just like um, I forgot what it was. There's nothing good um, comes out of war. And being, being deployed a few times myself, you know, they don't talk about the things that we do and everything. And because uh, we always want to look like the good guys. And sometimes it's in, 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 in conflict, it's hard to separate the good guys from the bad guys. You know, we always, you have to understand it. You know, we by, by us being Americans, we always get fed American propaganda. There are reasons why a lot of these countries do not like us. There's a lot of things being done behind closed doors that we you'll never be able to get to hear or see or anything like that. And we do some things. Some things are necessarily, but some things are probably are unnecessary, but you're never going to know about those things because they want to keep a hush-hush, because they want to keep public opinion and outreach down to a minimum. And you're absolutely right. You know, there's a lot of people when I was in Iraq got killed. Everybody in Iraq that got killed was not uh, uh, fighting. Some people saw um, was collateral damage. And at the end of the day, you know, the body count, regardless of what side it is, if you combine the body count, it's too many. One life is too, too, much, too much for me and everything yeah. like that. Now, I, I, like I said, I'm a soldier. I'm, I'm going to defend this country. As, as, as even now they call me, I'm going back. But the one thing that means is that I pray that every time I pull out my weapon, I never have to pull that trigger. Because once you pull that trigger, that's something that you cannot take back. And it's easy for those who to give orders to pull triggers who ain't never had their hands on a weapon. So it's easy for them to say to do that. It is easy for them not to think about the body count or the loss or the collateral damage or the mass damage and everything when you're not the one that's doing it. So, and when you have somebody that's in office who is our commanding chief who done ran from war and talk about starting wars and everything like that, that is something to be concerned about because this peace treaty is a step in the right direction. But at, at the same time, we got to see where it plays out at because understand this, we've been at a ceasefire for all those years. Half, I talked to a lot of people on uh, this week, didn't even know that, that the war was still technically, technically going on. So I was surprised at that. So we have to understand that war as a whole, whoever goes, is never going to come back to be the same. Because you can kill a man mentally in, in combat without having to kill him physically. People don't even talk about that. That's why we come back so differently everything like that, because we've been put in position to do things that we probably shouldn't have to do. So the government at, at, as a whole, to me, don't care about other countries' losses as they should, because we're supposed to be a united nation, but at the end of the day, we're not. Thank you. You know, what's surprising is what people need to know is there's a reality to war, and the reality to war is is that, you know, you have to recognize that when you capture a lot of men, and I want you to speak to this, uh, Nate, when you capture a lot of men or a lot of men uh, give themselves up. You got to have men to watch them men, and you can't necessarily always have the ability to watch people or have enough people to watch people. And so sometimes you just put in a position where you just have to do what is is natural. Uh, and see, people don't recognize that. You know, a lot of times when 
they talk about all these people that Americans have captured or all these people that are willing to give themselves up. They may not be in a position to watch those people or put those people in confinement enough uh, to be able to watch them, depending on where they are at a given time. So war can truly get ugly because sometimes you're not left with a lot of good choices. And now that's not now you left, left not left a lot of good choices. Understand this here too. War is an emotional drain. We have to keep. We have to. We have to understand that when we go to fight, we have to be be professionals in our profession, and that's not always easy to do. It's it's we have to stay in control and control our anger. So kept capturing a person, you know, maybe one thing, but keep from killing that person after you catch them, maybe another thing. You may have lost somebody that that particular morning, or you may, or you may chase somebody who don't kill innocent people or don't kill the kid or something. So capturing is totally different from keeping them confined. Some of them people may not even make it to the uh, to confinement, uh, depending on who it is. So this is something that we have to keep in mind: is that war is an emotional breaker. People have their breakdown period. I was on Camp Liberty when one soldier. Wanted to go home so bad, he took his weapon and, and and fired his weapon and shot nine friendlies. Now, if he was shooting nine friendlies, he wouldn't go home that bad. He would have went into the city and killed. They wanted to massacre a whole bunch of them. So, we have to keep that in perspective too. And as for keeping people confined, how can you confine a whole country? We was in Iraq, and that's basically what we was doing. We was confining a whole country as hostages and everything, trying to tell them how to live. Trying to trying to give them our our Christian democracy versus a Muslim nation. We we weren't just in some day way of living. We was in some day on religion and everything. So when you go into those type of things, those are the things that we have to keep in mind of is how do we treat these people once we get a hold to them, and are we because they look at us as the United States of America are trying to be such good do gooders. But we do a lot of stuff under the table. A lot of these countries know what we do under the table and everything. That's why they're so angry at us. That's why every chance they get the chance to stick it to us, they do. And that's what people don't understand with these other countries. So if the truth ever come out by some of the things we did, it's going to shock the world. Thank you. And uh, there's a reality, uh, D, that we need to know and understand about sending our young People, you know, we talk about young men and women uh, at 18 and 19, and so they, you know, we ready, they're prepared and ready to be sent into adult situations, but they are the least prepared to be seeing some of these atrocities that are taking place when we have to go to war. Well, my, 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 I tell you, uh, you know, listening to Nate talk. Uh, listen to what Miss Joyce had to say. Uh, you know, when we have been uh, drawn into a situation where we have been forced to be divided as a nation, uh, it, it comes to a situation like this to where we are obligated as human beings and, uh, and, and a love for this country to come together again. You know, when Nate spoke about how he, as a professional soldier, uh, has to have uh, uh, um, 
a hold and a handle of his temperament all the time so that his judgment can be um, on point when it comes down to pulling that trigger and when not to pull that trigger. Nate, I want to commend you as a professional soldier because uh, in, in retrospect, uh, the, the, the police departments of this nation has not shown that restraint. And all of that, that has literally divided us at the country. But when it comes down to now, uh, we've got to come together again as a nation to support our soldiers. It's funny how that happens. You know, and then they also spoke about how uh, we go into another era of, uh, area of the country and try to impose our will on them, especially when uh, they have their own religion. And we want to go over and kind of indoctrinate them to change their way of living to our way of living. You know, I really got a problem with all of that. But I love this country, and I love uh, our soldiers that fight for our freedom and, and, and the things that they do for us. But I really got a problem with how we use religion to go over and impose our will on them and then when we come back to this country, that same religion that we're supposed to respect and honor don't stand up for the injustice of other Americans in this country. I got a real problem right. with that. That part, so, right. Yeah, that part. So, you know, so like Miss Joyce said, when the historians dig up and, and, and actually dig it and get into the story that we've had to endure for the past five years, it's going to be really serious in that uh, there's not much that can be said good about the Trump presidency because the story has already been written. Um, so it's going to be interesting, y'all. Um, and y'all have to excuse me if I sound pessimistic. I am not. I, I'm just a realist, and I have to bring all that out so we can have our emotions in check, and I think that's what this show is about. Thank you. Uh, Andre, uh, it is it is, you know, we have to be real about the fact that when we send our young people to these conflicts, uh, you and I and um, Cheryl and many others who have sons and daughters, we realize that at 18 and 19, our sons and daughters are not prepared to deal with the atrocities of war or seeing people alive one minute and dead the next. Well, Superior Sunday to uh, everyone. I'm just joining on, so um, I think you're right. That's a true ca- uh, statement, but let me continue to listen a little bit, James, and then I'll, I'll be able to respond. You know, as a teacher of 30 years, I have worked with a lot of young people who have suggested that they were going into the military and uh, that I thought a mili- the military was a place for them to mature, but maturing under peacetime is one thing, but trying to mature under the status of war is completely different. You know, we have to realize that you are, that's the reason why I feel like when people come back, some of them are so mentally messed up because they were not mentally able or 
at an age where they could endure some of the atrocities that they see. And when you see a person uh, unarmed and you have to eliminate them because of their pure numbers, that has to be a serious situation. So, Joyce, you know, we know that uh, you've had your sons and your sons at 18 and 19, and certainly I wouldn't have wanted my daughter to endure or see any of the things that I've heard and heard and talked about uh, in war uh, at that young age because they were not just mature enough or ready to deal with those things and have their eyes affected with those nightmares. Well, you know, what has happened now and in this day and age, uh, going to to service and being a part of any form of service is, is not like it used to be. When I was in high school, all the young men were looking forward to to go and drove to sign up to go into the Army, Air Force, Marines, uh, uh, Navy. But our young people now, I I I I wouldn't encourage anyone, and, and I like America too. But what? going to play on the young man going into war now, he cannot trust the person next to him because of what the mentality of what has presented by our President of the United States. They going in with a hatred against their predecessor instead of being in brotherhood. It's not a, it's, it's a different type. So in order to, to train that mind to, to click off like that from what they're used to as far as the negatives here as to how they look at a black brother you know, a, a black sister, uh, anyone other than themselves, it, 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 it's, it's not a good reality of what military, even war. So that's double duty as far as their minds being messed up. Because one thing, they're going in with fear. You know, uh, you know they can't trust their brothers. We have to look at what had happened to the young lady, uh, fiance, I'm assuming it was her husband, from how they did the congressman, from uh, her from Texas. I personally don't believe that that guy got away from his troop and all of a sudden, two days later, they found his body. You know, uh, something happened there. And I think it happened to his own members of his home troop. We would never know the answer of that. But this is what our young men are really kind of walking into. We don't find our young men who has a lot going for themselves to go sign up. You know, my son was, he was courted. Uh, very much by the military, by the Navy. They want to give him a, a bonus, I mean a big, huge bonus to become a part, to be a part of the medical program there. But we did have someone to come to our home and, and was very honest with us and told us that once he signed on that dotted line, you might be military, but if, if, if you can't promise him that he can't go on the battlefield because if they need him, they're going to put him right there. So with that alone, I could not encourage or urge my son to go. Thankfully enough that my older son now, they have a, of age where they don't. But I do think about our nephews and my my nieces, too, as to what they're confronted with. But military is not like it used to be. And, Nate, I'm, I'm assuming that you can speak to that. But that's how I personally feel about that. Well, there was a time when I felt that people who were not, um, destined to go to college had an opportunity to learn a trade 
that could make them a living once they got out. Uh, but you have to be real careful about what it is you are selecting uh, uh, because you, you, <laughs> war is real, right, Nate? I mean, you can uh, put yeah, your yeah. name on the dotted line for um, bookkeeper, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's where they're going to keep you at. Well, the thing people don't understand, in the United States Army, we have the same, um, no matter what your job is in the Army, you're 11 Bravo, first of all. For those of y'all who know what 11 Bravo is, that's the infantry, the ground pounder, foot soldiers. And same way the Marine Corps and the rest of the other branches. Yeah, your job, you might be a cook or something like that, but guess what? That's why you go to basic training. You training to pick up that rifle just in case your position gets overran or anything. And when you're going over there, you 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 know, you might be put in a position. And we had it happen to us. We had a, well, well, my job is this and that. And they said, no, your job is a soldier. Your job is to do what you're being told. And I'm glad that um, that they came to your home and was very honest because it needed. Now, I said, with me, it didn't make no difference to me. I grew up watching John Wayne. I wanted to fight. I wanted to serve. So I knew what I was getting into. But everybody's not like that, though, because they offer this bonus money. They make it all sound all so good. You get to travel. And, yeah, I got to travel, too, and everything like that. But get, but I got traveled to some of the most hostile places places in the world. Now, I'm good with that. You know, that's me. But you know, but the military also too is not good for everybody either. When I when I I was, I was in Iraq when President Obama became president, we didn't even know who our commander in chief was. This is what I'm talking about how how it done changed now. And even though we, at the time we didn't know who our commander in chief was, we still had to be professional to do our job. And when we find out who the who the commander in chief was. You know, we still had to be professional because, like, the, uh, the African-American soldiers, we was happy. We, we finally got one. But at the same time, a, a lot of white soldiers don't get enough credit for us. And you know what? He's our commander in chief now. We need to uh, we need, it's still still business as usual. See, a lot of white soldiers don't get credit for that. So the military has changed. I mean, it has changed to the fact that even talking about going to back to longer basic training now, more stricter enforced basic training. Because what I went through, they was hitting problems upside the head. I, we were getting the fool knocked out of us because they was preparing us for war and everything. And so when we went to these other countries, it wasn't hard for us to adapt. It is on how they're training them now and everything. So I, I, I'm i a parent myself. I never forced the military on none of my kids. You know, I said, if y'all go, I got y'all back. If you don't, I still got y'all back. Because me, I was born to be a soldier. I was, I was one of the callings in my life. If they call me right now, I pick up a weapon. I fire. I throw a knife. I throw rocks. I throw dirt. I do everything to defend everybody on this phone, and I have no and I have no problems with dying for anybody on this phone because I'm built for that. Now, who now somebody who can't who can't do that does not make them a lesser person than me or a lesser man than me because everybody calling is different, and and that's that's what we have to understand the respect factor and everything. So the, the military is not for everybody, but it, but it also has to be respected as a de- defense for this country. Thank you. Yeah, it is obvious that, um, especially in this time, and it's going to be hard to understand. Uh, and they, you seem to be the the authority, but it is, you know, how I don't even know how we can continue being a volunteer service when there's so many other options for young people to select. And it seems that the only people who who will see the military as a positive option are those people who don't have a lot of options 
uh, because uh, they're either poor or financially um, financially poor or economically unprepared to deal with the next level. And, you, and you're right. Like I said, when I went when I went in back in 1993, I got out in 2014. The military then as a whole has changed, and the world as a whole has changed. There's a lot more opportunities now, and everything. And that's why in recruitment for a while, it it, it was down and everything because uh, a lot of this, a, a lot of the younger generations generations are not as patriotic. I jump for patriotic reasons. Some people join for school money. Everybody have different reasons for joining the military now. So the recruitment aspect of it is very hard. That's why they hand out these bonuses now to, to lure them in. That's why they have the different jobs, you know, to, um, uh, to, to lure them in. You know, they have a job now flying drones. They sit at home. I mean, they sit in the office flying a drone um, uh, just like a video game, and they offer like $50,000 bonuses for that, you know, that's going to appeal to somebody who, who like playing video games all the time, who like flying drones. So they, they they have come up with different ways to recruit people because they understand that the recruitment is very tough than what it is now. It's more easier to get in school now. You know, vocational schools are a lot more easier to get into. So it's a lot more different opportunities for out here as versus the military. Now, when I joined, you know, the military was looked at as an institution for greatness and maturity, it's not being looked at as that uh, anymore because all of the changes that is going through, and it's, and it, and it's a new generation of people defending the country now. So it's not what it used to be and everything. Not that I'm saying that's a bad thing, but when you have all the different opportunities for individuals, they'll look at it and say, why do I have to join the military when I have pretty much some of the same opportunities out here? Now, you may have somebody who is saying, if I don't join them, you have a very small percentage out there and say, let me join the military now because that's the only way I got out. You do, you, you will always have those individuals, but the percentage is not as big as it used to be and everything. So, and, and also too, the, the requirements for the military now is a lot stricter. During the war, the army dropped this uh, age requirements from 35 to 42. You could have been 42. Now they went back to 34, 33. You know, you had you could have had a criminal record. Now they don't. Now they want they, they don't want you to have a criminal record. So it's done got a lot more tougher to get in. So that's that and that's always going to be a problem when it's wartime. Yeah, they can pretty much pull anybody in. But when it's not war, when it's peacetime, it's it's harder for the perfect candidate to go through. So I tell anybody, if you're trying to go to the military, make sure this. And I don't tell what branch to go into because every branch ain't for everybody. I tell them this, make sure you keep your nose clean and understand what you're getting involved in. Understand that once you sign that paper, you're a product of Uncle Sam. You can be called at any given time. Everything they're giving you ain't free. So don't so don't let them fool you that uh, your service will be required of you. Thank you. I can remember vividly when I had signed up, uh, go to the post office and sign up when I turned 18 uh, to be put on uh, the the list of uh, people who could be fit um, for Select it. Service. And uh, I, I know that it was just a, a way of keeping being a track of us. Um, but I do realize that there is some positiveness 
uh, related to uh, getting men and having them go through a process where their physical abilities are tested. Uh, that happened to me uh, while I was in college playing football, that your limitations were tested and certainly not firing rifles and those kind of things, but just your ability to uh, deal mentally under the frustration of fatigue. Uh, so they um, speak about that, you know, some of the factors you had to try to endure and keep your mind uh, sharp. Well, the, th- the, thing, the thing which you have to understand is, is that when you first get um, to any um, any branch in the military, the first thing they got to do is take all that streetness out of you, all that homeness out of you, because they got to get you. You have to start thinking as a person that's in that's in the army or the Marine Corps or the Navy or the Air Force. They want to get you to start learning military protocol, and and it does get tiring if you're not careful because that's all you do all day long: learning regulations, learning how to wear your uniform. Uh, um, to a certain extent, learning how to eat, and I mean, especially like when you're in a tactical environment. I remember one night, one day, I was sitting in, I was sitting on one knee with my weapon propped in my hand, eating in the rain while, while it was raining. And you know, this was in Oklahoma during the, during the winter time. I'm from Florida, so I, I didn't know nothing about no uh, no snow or anything. So I'm sitting up here with my lips busting wide open because it was just that cold. So the first thing you're gonna have to do, remember. All this is a mind game. All of it is you training your mind because you're training to go to deal with different types of environment. And you're also learning how to deal with what fast pace. Everything we did was so fast paced. We had an exercise one time. And, um, it was called the infiltration course. They're shooting at us. Uh, they're shooting over our heads while we had to climb over a wall and low crawl and get to our destination. Now, the design for that exercise was that we lost a guy that night. He actually got shot in the neck and it blew his head off. Um, the whole purpose for that exercise was for us to get used to uh, loud, loudness, fast pace and everything. That's why when the drill instructors or the drill starts coming out yelling and, loud, and being loud to you and roughing you up, that's designed for you to get used to that because in combat, it's going to be just like that. It's going to be so loud, so rough. It's going to be some times where you out in the field. I mean, we was in the field. I've been in the field like for two or three weeks at a time back in the day. And sometimes I'll be hungry. I'm trying to just, if you'd have bought me a bologna sandwich, you'd have been my best friend. You know, um, and sometimes you go four or five days without washing. You can feel the dirt between your legs just, just, just rubbing against yourself because you're always on the go. And every time, I remember um, we was up here in Camp Blanding, Florida. As soon as we got set down, uh, uh, um, one of the referees told we got to get up and go. The enemy was in the, was in the area. We did that five times in one night, and I'm talking about like two or three o'clock in the morning. We running, we 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 moved around. You talking about driving with no headlights on? You got to drive with night vision goggles on. So all this stuff is designed to get you mentally prepared to do your job without breaking down. And the, and the thing is, the, the thing is, they want you to be broken down in training over there and it's always and they put you in positions where they're trying to break you. They want to see how far you can go, what what is your limitation and everything. And when soon you try to break down they let you know you can go a little farther, you're a little farther. And that's why a lot of times when we come back home, we look at things so differently. We look at things as when people are like, You crying about that? I don't been over here not even having nothing to eat for two or three days. 
we put in the worst scenario. We put it. We are trained to be put in the worst scenarios just so we can get to our, uh, survive our mission. So that's why when we come home, it's kind of tough. And sometimes it's like we don't have no compassion. It's not that we don't have no compassion. We are trained a certain way to stay alive and everything. It's not that we don't have no compassion. We just train to stay alive. And I had to escort. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna get off. I had to escort a guy. Germany one time. He had just got married. We was, it was on my second deployment. He outranked me. And he was calling home all the time. Home can mentally break you on the deployment. If you don't have a solid foundation or you have a wife or a husband that you truly believe in that's going to be faithful to you, that can really mess somebody up. That's why a lot of you guys and girls come back home messed up because home had already been messed up before they came but even gotten back, and they knew they coming back to a bad situation. I don't see a lot of suicide attempts and everything. And we have to understand that when you going over there and seeing somebody's leg blown off or their eyeball missing, stepping on a hand in the road, or you seeing a baby splattered in the street, that's going to mess with your mind. I don't care how tough you is. When you come home, you have to deal with it. Just like I had to, I had to start going to counseling. And people don't understand, and I don't wish that on nobody. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot... It makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Let it go. Can't let this thing hold up here.
I am this woman. I am this woman that has set the expectations of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintain her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I mean, I, I, I have no 
issues with that and everything like that. I, I just feel like that's something that's being forced. I feel like it's being real, a real push for the female in combat arms and everything like that. Um, for the most part, I talk to a lot of females. A lot of females don't even want to be in combat arms and anything like that. They were talking about putting them in the seals. They were talking about putting them in rangers. There's a couple of women who graduated with um, um with ranger tabs, and um, I know a couple of guys who was uh, who were friends of ranger instructors, and they were saying that they did drop the requirements for them, uh, for them to be able to put on the ranger tab and everything. And my thing is, if you're a good leader, you're a good leader, no matter you're a female or a male and everything. But I'm a, I'm gonna say this because I'm 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 a soldier. I want a leader who don't mind getting dirty with me and everything like that. Not trying to prove something, just do your job. And but it's it's gonna take us as a whole getting used to that because they do it in Israel, but they always done it in Israel. Question is, are Americans gonna be able to handle females getting killed in combat? Are they gonna be able to handle that? You know, we have a hard time with the men getting killed. Is America ready for women to go to combat? And that's the better question. Not so much that the soldiers or the Marines or the sailors or the air person have to deal with it. The question is, America as a whole is ready to deal with it. Am I prepared for my daughter to go to war and get killed in combat on the front line? That's something that you have to ask yourself because we are so busy trying to make such a gender move in that area, I think it's a mistake to try to push it too fast. Let it happen. Let it happen naturally. You know, let's 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 do a crawl, walk, run. Um, what you call it? Let's not rush this and everything. You know, let's 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 see the ones who can do it. Let's give them opportunity. You know, because that's back in the days that they were, the reason why I'm saying it. Because back in the days they were trying to say that to say that about African Americans been in the military. That's what they said about the Tuskegee Airmen. That you know we wasn't intelligent, couldn't do this, couldn't do that. So I said, give them opportunity, and give them opportunity to prove themselves. Now if they if they prove themselves, fine. It's one thing, but if if there's something that they can't do, then that's something we have to look at. But I know they can do it. The question is, is America ready for them to do it? Thank you. Yeah, that that has to be something we question ourselves about. Uh, we are ready to see uh, females uh, actually losing their lives on the front lines or in in aircraft and on ships uh at the same rate as as uh as men. Uh we are at the toward the end of the show. We're gonna ask everybody, you know, what's on your mind? You don't necessarily have to talk about uh what we talked about today on the show. So give us a sense of what's on your mind, what is your concerns, uh as we uh enter uh we know we we're fastly approaching uh, May and getting to a halfway point of another year, and uh, just let's talk about what's on your mind and where you think we are headed as as uh, the Donald Trump administration continues. Uh, so we'll be back in a few minutes. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, though. I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, it's really, really nice. I can easily feel myself slipping and slipping. 
more and more ways. That super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby.
This is James T. Shade, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflections, brought to you seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without interruption. It's really important that we do what is needed to be done in order to help our country go in the right direction. We have to be positive about what it is we believe, and we have to be mentally prepared to interact those things that need to be done so that we go in a positive direction. We have to be part of the positive force to make life worth living. Uh, Regina, uh, just tell us what's on your mind today, if there's anything that happened in South Carolina or anywhere else uh, that you want uh, to be put on record this evening. Uh, um, As far as things happening in South Carolina, um, I think it's just following the same pattern as it is across the United States and making us aware of the need to learn about voter registration, what are the laws there, what are the stipulations, what are the things that are keeping people from registering to vote, dispelling those those um, rumors, then helping to register people to vote, then going back and getting them to the polls on the day that we go to vote. I said all of that to say we've got to turn the tides on what's going on in America today. And that that's that's those are my words for tonight. Uh Regina, let me just say this to you because it sounds like you're talking about uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about a silent majority. And uh, we we no longer have a situation where we can can um, deal with those who see the misdirection of our society to continue to be quiet. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I sent everybody um, a story about a, a doctor who went off in Georgia uh, talking to, telling her employees how that she was going to cut their throats and, and uh, kill them, and, and she got arrested for terrorist uh, a, uh, assault. And, but, you know, we have, you know, we are allowing people, because we talk about the dismissing of, of uh, political correctness, that we got some people who are just willing to say anything as though there's no repercussions. And uh, so this is the time we live in, and we have to be aware of what's going on around us uh, and be prepared to do something about it, and people cannot remain silent. You're very, you're very right. Um, when, when you remain silent about something that matters, that's the day that you really stop, stop living to the fullest. You cannot remain silent. You have to speak, but you have to speak intelligently. Um, Walk softly, but carry a big stick. 
talk softly but carry a big stick. And that's what's going to change. And also, as we know these things are happening, be prepared to remain calm. Be prepared to remain calm. We know it's going to happen. Be prepared to remain calm. Uh, Andre, your final thought for this evening, anything uh, you want to bring to the table that we may have not discussed uh, uh, that you heard about in Lakeland or anywhere else? Well, not not necessarily in Lakeland, but I want to take a moment to sincerely thank Nate uh, and any of um, the listeners uh, and participants who have uh, served in the military. Uh, as we all talked about, this is a different military now. But those who served in years past, um, just some of the struggles that were shared tonight and some of the stories that we've heard and the impact that we've had on um, members of our families even uh, for a period of time, I just want to sincerely say thank you for that. And while uh, your intentions may have been for uh, more than one reason, uh, the impact that has uh stayed with you through the years is is something that really you, you can't really fully understand and appreciate unless you experience it. So thank you for that. Uh, what I would like to share uh, with everyone is that no matter how things look and how things appear, I really appreciate Sister Regina saying to remain calm. And I would remind everyone that we each can do something. You know, we each can do something. Don't think about, you know, eating the whole pie at one time, but let's take a slice and do what we can do and do it to the very best of our abilities, and I'm sure that will make a difference. All right. Uh, Joyce, your final thought for this evening? I would just like to agree with uh, Regina uh, saying that uh, we do need to speak up. Because the day that you don't speak up is the day that you really lose your freedom. Because freedom is a way of standing up for yourself and speaking up for the ones who cannot stand up for themselves. I also witnessed a program this afternoon. It's on the Oprah Own channel, and it's Ayaya Fix My Life. And she was a, uh, she was helping the young lady who uh, fiancé got shot, and her four-year-old daughter was in the back seat in Minnesota. And um, the policeman, uh, the black policeman came on and said, what we can do, what we can do is uh, 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 address with dignity, but your job is to try to make it home. So then you comply with the law, but you address it when you when you out of that situation. So that's what's on my mind today. Thank you. All right. Uh- D, your final thought for this evening? Yes, sir. Um, my final thoughts. Um, in listening to Nate talk, I, I, I actually have gained a, a new a new appreciation for his commitment um, and listening to his uh, readiness to be prepared to go again if duty calls. Um, you know, I, I this. I really want to share my appreciation for that. Um, even in the in the midst of people that are in position that are in power, that seem to not appreciate um, the power that they have, and 
the fact that um, you know they 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 are willing to toy toy around with our democracy and our constitution, and 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 not realizing how uh, the predicament that they have placed us in. But again, uh, thank you all, and thank you, James, for another great show, and um, we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Uh, Nate, I just appreciate you uh, allowing me uh, to let you uh, provide our audience with the information that is so deeply within your spirit and that you have obtained through true experience. Uh, Thank you for being uh, a major spokesman today, and uh, you know that I'll be calling on you in the future uh, because it's just the same kind of thing that uh, Americans need to know and understand uh, that we are using uh, our most treasured gifts uh, to go to the military, and we are losing people who um, we should take long and serious the decision uh, that allows them to put themselves in harm's way. Uh, your final thoughts for this evening? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you. To everybody tonight, I really appreciate those kind words and everything. And what I love about this show that it's become my family. When I hear intelligent, strong Black people speaking with the wisdom that they speak, it's easy for me to go to another country and fight. You know, with that type of encouragement, that's the reason right there alone. My final thoughts tonight is that when it comes to the midterm elections, any type of election, whatever, federal, state, or local level, let's get out there and vote. Because if we don't get out there and vote, then we don't have a right to say anything. So we, 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 we do have the power of change if we push the power of change. So let's go out there. Let's educate people on the vote, voting process and the registration process, and let's get them out there. Let's, let's win this thing back because we can win. Thank you. I want to continue to thank you all so much for your continued support and your willingness to make uh, this show a part of your schedule. Uh, I want to encourage more of those, those of you who are listening uh, to do the same. We need you to call in and talk about what's on your mind. We want to make sure that we create an environment for our voices to be heard uh, all the way to the White House. And so it's important that we call into the show, understand we are on seven days a week, Monday through Friday, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear. I want everybody to take care of themselves, and we'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. So, what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready, baby. I'm waiting on you. Believe me. I am patiently waiting. Just 
we stop all the talking, girl? Why don't we stop wasting time? I've had my share of lovers. Some say I'm damn good. And if you think you can turn me out, baby, I wish that you would. Cause you keep telling me this and telling me that. You say once I'm with you, I'll never go back. You say there's a lesson if you wanna cheat. Well, here I am, baby. Mm-hmm. 